Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz 374 in the house, Oscar Lopez. We will have uh, AKA backseat coach Mark Simone in about an hour as we break down Week four in the WNFC, week four in the Women's Football Alliance. And today we're going to have two amazing guests as well. In the first hour, we are going to have uh, the young quarterback of the Kansas City glory of the WNFC. That's Maddie Roses in about 45 minutes. And in about 15 minutes in the huddle, we are going to have the uh, pioneer and talented owner of the Derby City Dynamite, which is Thelma Bank. She'll be in here to talk about all the excitement so far in this season, especially in D3, as it's going to get competitive with Massey and everything else. So she'll be coming in here in about 15 minutes, and we're going to dissect the D3 scene and where Derby's going to end up at. Um, if you guys haven't subscribed to our podcast, it is powered by monkeyknifefight.com. You guys can go to monkeyknifefight.com, use the code NJF to get started today, $5 play up to a $50 uh, match. So, if you want to get started there, more or less, NBA playoffs right in full swing right now, PGA as well, plus you got Major League Baseball as well. So if you want to dive in, monkeyknife5.com, check it out. U.S., Canada only, select states as well, so some restrictions do apply, but you can get code NJF, get started today, $5 play. You can win uh, amazing dollars there. You know, if you put in $5, if you're good intuition, get you about $15, put in 30 get you about $90. If you get 100 obviously $300. So quick, easy money, props, simple, more or less, plus other uh, props in there. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF. All right. So we don't have the Hall of Famer here today because obviously she is working every week, and uh, Utah is uh, still number two ranked in the WNFC. The Spartans took care of business as well. This weekend, no shocker there against Nebraska. We had uh, Boston taking care of business as well with Baltimore in the WFA. Uh, there was a, a really good game. If you weren't at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you can get all the lowdown, some of the key games that were happening this weekend. One of those was obviously Cali War Division One against Nevada Storm Division Two. We had... Um, Coach Adam Barrett here, 374. So if you missed it, you can go back and replay it. Really, really awesome. He took care of business 28-0. to zero. Uh, I believe Chantel Wiggins was not in the house on this road trip. That could have been a big factor as well. But you got to credit Nevada for doing their thing. If you missed the game, go back and replay it. It is at the hub, cstvnow.com, cstvnow.com. You get Nevada Storm, and you also get – uh, the Cali War, right there front and center. I believe Sammy Grisafi was at the helm for the Cali War. But uh, shout-out to the Storm taking care of business. There's going to be a benefit to them in terms of the Massey ratings going forward. We're going to talk about it with uh, Mark Simone in an hour here uh, and as we dissect week four, preview week five, and then kind of looking 
to the picture in terms of the rankings where everybody's sitting at this point. Uh, we did get some IWFA action um, that we didn't mention last podcast, so I apologize to those folks. Uh, RG, R, RGV Links 18, Texas Legacy 35. Uh, the, the previous matchup was May 1st. Austin Ravens, the champs, 28-8 to against RGV Links. RGV Links uh, back-to-back losses. And so that's going to be a, a big factor in the Icon Women's Football Association. We're going to keep tabs on that as we go into the next weekend after Memorial Day weekend. So that's going to be a big factor there. Um, but other than that, um, we have one sad, uh, a couple, you know, things that are sad news. We had D. Scott, obviously with the injury against Boston. Kay Mitchell of the uh, Alabama Fire as well with, a, I believe, a broken leg. Um, so she was doing surgery as well. So uh, shout out to Kay Mitchell for, uh, you know, Back to spirits recovery. Wish her well. Uh, she's at the hospital. Everybody's been helping out. So I really appreciate, um, and hopefully everything will go well for her and her recovery will be okay. Uh, also, it was uh, Shauna, I believe, uh, another player, Ishana, from the Phantoms, also got injured in that game uh, with, between the Phantoms and the Fire. The Fire, really impressive this weekend, uh, kind of put themselves in a – position where everybody's going to be looking at them now. They had been dropped in the ranking all the way down to almost sixth. Um, and now I think they're going to go back into the top five. I really think they're top three, top four. Uh, you can debate that, obviously, with the San Diego Rebellion playing as good as they're playing right now. Uh, Alabama's going to be in that top three, top four in the WNC rankings. We'll see what the rankings are as they come out tomorrow and I believe Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, they'll come out. We'll see where the Alabama fire goes up. But I believe they are probably the only threat uh, to the uh, Texas Elite Spartans in the Atlantic in terms of giving them a, a, you know, maybe a chase for their money. But uh, even then, I think uh, you know, the Elite are going to be there at the end. Uh, I really believe that they're on that roll, uh, stretch roll. The playoffs is going to be the deciding factor, whether it be Atlanta at this point Atlanta's been playing very good defensively, low scoring, uh, doing their part. Uh, Alabama with a high scoring event here. Uh, Philly, can they rebound in the next couple weeks and, and make, a, make a, a playoff run here and really be a threat? Um, I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. Um, the other uh, sad news that we had was um, we had uh, a, uh, Ida, I believe Ida's uh, – Del Congliano, if I'm pronouncing it right, I apologize if I'm not. Um, Ida Del Congliano uh, of the uh, North Florida Pumas, former WNFC, and of the WFA Jacksonville Dixie Blues. Um, she passed away this past weekend. I, I don't know the circumstances behind what happened, but uh, um, it was condolences to, to, her, to her family, the uh, Jacksonville Dixie Blues and the North Florida Pumas uh, squads as well. And so talented player there. We lose uh, in terms of, you know, the athlete that she was. She was a very good contributor. Uh, from what I hear, everything was great. And she was a very big supporter of the Florida Avengers now of the WNFC. So um, shout out to um, Ida's family. Uh, our condolences and um, prayers go to them. And uh, hopefully, you know, things will get better. Uh, just got to remember the good times. That's what I say all the time. Remember the good times and uh, we'll get through it as well. So, that's some of the news that came out. The other news that was exciting came out of Denmark. If you're at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Coordinator Beauties, the other news out there was Cecilia Arup Nielsen was the first woman to compete at the National League, National Men's League 
in Denmark. So that was really awesome this weekend, historic moment in Denmark. Uh, they're putting together uh, the Women's League as well. But a, a huge opportunity and a, a big, big historical thing uh, for uh, the sport in Denmark. Cecily uh, Arup Nielsen, she was playing for the AARB 89ers. Um, so she was really awesome this weekend. So um, we had the story there fed to us by uh, some of the amazing athletes in Denmark. Filter it out through our um, network that we have built uh, at the at the hub at facebook.com forward slash beauties. All right. Uh, the other thing is we had highlights of Boston, D.C. week three, highlights of Houston versus Dallas uh, for the fans. If you guys missed it, 52 to 6. Uh, Mark and myself were talking about it last week. We, uh, Holly as well. This was a huge game for the Dallas Elite Mustangs, something that they couldn't afford to lose. Uh, we under, we knew Houston uh, is very talented offensively. They have always been really good defensively. They showed what they're capable of, in my opinion. And if you watched it at for the fans, take advantage of watching a great matchup there. Dallas really in a hole now in terms of trying to get into a playoff positioning. Houston, because of the competition that they have faced all year, I think Massey is going to be very uh, very good for them because they have played really D1. Uh, most of the competitions are D1. Tampa Bay's, um, you know, you're, you're, they're playing basically a higher caliber schedule in terms of the strength of schedule. And I really feel that that's going to help them ultimately. So, you know, shout out to the Houston Energy out there for kicking butt out there. Just 52-6 to 6 this past weekend. It's incredible. Um, it's, it's just an amazing, uh, you know, season for them. I know it's not like undefeated, but hey, They've, they've played competitive football so far, and they've shown it here against D1. Dallas really needs to look at themselves and figure out, you know, whether they belong in D1 is the question that everybody's been asking so far. We've debated it over the last six months. They are D1. Now they got to start to prove it, especially now it's going to be tough to do it. So they're going to get D1, play one more time on For the Fans against Minnesota. So we'll see what they can bring against the Minnesota Vixen. Vixen on a roll right now. They're playing pretty much D3 squads. They have not played a first D1, but uh, that is their schedule. So they are winning what they're, when they're supposed to be winning, and it was a great matchup as well. So uh, Town Square TV, if you missed it, you can go right there, Town Square TV, the Vixen against the Iowa Phoenix. That was this past weekend. Uh, we are going to go into uh, week three. Uh, week three recap, if you missed it, uh, you, uh, Casey, Casey Dobson uh, by Global Women's Sports Radio. The recap's there as well, so you can go back and recap week three. And I believe her week four recap should be coming out here and probably tomorrow or the next day, so keep an eye on it. The other news was X-League canceled 2021, completely uh, going to go to 2022. So last-minute changes. That was kind of a surprise because they had been hyping it up for the last 90 days and with anticipation that we were going to have a – X-League premiere debut of the season did not happen. Uh, I guess uh, Mitchell Mortaz and company and um, Mike Ditka decided that it wasn't fitting for them to play uh, with no fans in the stands, which is really a revenue for them. So on a bit, from a business standpoint, I believe that that's the right call. Um, you're not going to have enough revenue in the stands. That is their moneymaker. They've always been able to supplement themselves in terms of, you know, 4,000, 6,000, 7,000 fans in the arenas. And at this point, with limited capacity, 
with real uh, strict restrictions in certain markets, they just decided, hey, we're just going to hold off for another year. Uh, it was very disappointing for uh, the athletes in the X League, of, of course, and they uh, were on social media as well, you know, disappointed. But they know that this is an off season to get better. Um, so they're going to have to treat this as, you know, more more so like a COVID state, as we're still in COVID state in certain states, and we're not allowed to, you know, obviously go full full open yet. So um, so X League cancellation 2021. Uh, you get it right there. You get the statement right there at the hub from the chairman of, which is Mike Ditka. So that was pretty interesting. You also get uh, the uh, La Muerte de las Cruces interviewed uh, CEO Odessa Jenkins on their weekly talk about uh, feature that they do after each game. Uh, a, a great matchup. This Las Cruces team is really humming right now. They're making it known that they are a team to be reckoned with. I believe on the rankings this week, they should be ranking into the top five, deservingly so. We will see how they end up in their season schedule, but at this point in time, they are very impressive with the international additions that they had, journey women from other, other teams that came over to play for them. They really did a number on uh, Los Angeles Bobcats, and so a uh, very impressive win. You get to watch it right there. Uh, you go to watchvire.com, go under Vire Sports, and you can get to watch the week three action. And week four should be uploaded, I believe, tomorrow uh, or Thursday. So you'll get to see all the week four action that's happening in terms of the WNFC uh, picture as well. Uh, shout out to uh, Shantanya Spicer of the Atlanta uh, Phoenix. Those are the players of the week from last week. Kenya Wallace from Phoenix was also player of the week. Uh, for the WFA, I believe it's Leandre Smith from the Cali War, and you would have known that if you were at the hub at facebook.com for slash gridiron beauties. All right, so we're going to be talking to the pioneer and talented owner and player as well, Big Top Center, uh, Thelma Bank here uh, from the Derby City uh, Dynamite in the huddle here in a couple minutes. And then we're going to dive into the young phenom, the QB of the Kansas City Glory which is Maddie Rosas, and she'll be here in about uh, 30 minutes or so. And we're going to be talking everything Kansas City. What is the state of the of the glory as they try to shoot for a playoff spot, especially in the West, uh, I mean in the East, in the Atlantic, and trying to figure out they've already faced the big dogs, which is the um, Texas Elite Spartans. So that's uh, one test that they've already had. So it's something that they can uh, you know have film on to really dissect those and to figure out whether they'll be able to stay competitive with them or not. Uh, the top four quarterbacks through week four in the WNFC, from what I could tally, uh, by HostedSports.com, was uh, Cynthia Simmons from Alabama, Brittany Bushman from the champion of Spartans, uh, Nashi Controne from L.A., Kim Phillips from Florida, and it was uh, Mike, Mike Kayleen, uh Hero, from Seattle, um, what was that? Louise Bean from Utah. So those are top of the top quarterbacks in the WNFC. We will try to take a look at the top quarterbacks in the WFA as we go into the couple weeks here. So let's go into the huddle, and we're going to be bringing in the talented pioneer and owner of the Derby City Dynamite, and that'll be Thelma. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness from our preparation to the way we perform. To the way we shine, expect great. 
started off pretty well in this uh, season so uh, this blackout matchup against uh, Music City uh, Misfits pretty impressive game so I wanted just to give you some time to talk about it Okay well thank you Um, so you know Music City we've always been pretty close Um, we're we're, um, rival cities or whatever Um, we've played together a couple of times but each year it's just a flat out battle between us and them. And uh, this last game, we just came out on top. Um, both teams made some mistakes. You know, we both uh, know what we need to do. And more than likely, we're going to see them in the first round of the playoffs. Well, it's a really good shutout um, comparing what you had. But at 20 to 0, 20 to 0, still pretty impressive uh, uh, defensively on your end. Offensively, you guys. We're putting up almost a 70 burner in the, I believe, week one, which was really impressive. Uh, so, what can you say about your offense right now? Is it, is it really uh, gelling at this point, or is it just a matter of like, you know, you played a lower, lower team or something like that in week one? But that was a 70 burner. Yeah. So um, this year we changed our whole offense theory. Um, we got some new coaches in, and he coached arena football, a lot of flag. He's in the flag Hall of Fame. And he's really putting us in some, some new plays on offense. Um, we're not going to just be a run team. We're also going to be able to pass and, and do a lot of different facets. So we're pretty excited about it. Um, when we played Columbus, I know they had a lot of rookies, and he got a chance to try a lot of different schemes against them. But we're just trying to build every week and become better and, and more efficient. Tama, you've been around the game for a long, long time. Um, give me your perspective of, where we're at in terms of the sport. We have two viable leagues, bigger sponsors. We're on streaming services now. Um, did you think we'd be here? Um, so when I started many, many years ago, um, I really didn't. And I think that uh, both leagues are making each other better. Um, we're, we're working towards something, uh, you know, a common goal of putting women's football on the map. Um, with Secret and, you know, Zenith and all these large sponsors, we can, we can only go up from here, Oscar. Thelma, you've played, uh, you know, you're still playing, basically. Uh, but as an owner, um, I know I've talked to Wynn, I've talked to other owners in the WFA. As an owner, um, having the alumni in the NFL, do you feel like this is the, we've arrived in the sense in terms of visibility? Um, I, I Actually, I do. I think that um, with the soldiers, the sidelines, and all these ladies now coaching in the NFL, that they're paving the way for these young girls to know that there's no no stopping you, you know. Um, Anything that you set your mind to, you can achieve it. And just keep pushing. You know, there's a future after playing for these young ladies, and and they can become coaches and and mentors and and things of that nature. Um, I just hope that the women continue to strive not only in the NFL, but also in college, and, and just keep pushing. 
Thelma, you uh, 19 years ago, you committed to not having no tackle football, not in Kentucky, and you decided that you would start Derby City Dynamite. Um, what made you make that choice? Okay, so originally, um, back in 2004, when I originally started, I played with the Kentucky Karma. Um, the owner had the team until about 2010, 2011, and that was with the old NWFA. So he decided that uh, it was time for him to hang up his, his, his team, and he asked if we wanted to buy it. But we wanted to, to base ourselves a little bit differently, uh, change the color scheme, and try to go with the market here in Kentucky. You know, we don't have an NFL team. So the closest thing here is the University of Louisville. So we changed our color scheme to red, black, and white. Uh, I think our biggest goal or my biggest goal was to continue to be able to provide the opportunity for young ladies to play competitive football. Um, and for those teams that have played us or those, those teams that have seen us around, um, I think they've seen us grow. Um, we started really, really small, and we normally do have a pretty small roster, but even with the small roster, we're still out there banging, so... You know, there's no shame in our game. Every year we just strive to get better, and once we're on top, we want to move to D2, eventually to D1. What is the roster size for you currently? Is it under 30? Is it over 30? Is it Was it different this year in terms of because of the, the COVID delay? Was it, you know, the players more committed to their personal health, to personal skill sets and things like that? So I think a lot of the teams in our area, Oscar, has, has – um, who set out, some of their players have actually traveled to play with us. Um, we actually are in the mid-30s right now, but it's any given Saturday. I mean, if you watch some of the games, you know, we went up to Detroit with only 24 players, yet last week mm-hmm. when we played the Misfits, I think we had like 30, 32, 34 on the sideline. So it's really any given Saturday. Um, a lot of times with uh, women in sports, we have other outside commitments that trump. Um, you know, our sport sometimes. So sometimes our, our roster numbers will suffer, and sometimes it, it'll it'll be good. Selma, do you feel like you should stay in D3 like Orlando did for so many years because she uh, they didn't have the, you know, the capacity to increase the roster because of injuries? I mean, you get a 24-man roster, you might end up at the end of the season with only 15 people, basically, depending on injuries and stuff. So do you feel like maybe D3 is still a good fit for you for another year or two? Uh, well, so I think a lot of it is is based off of talent. Um, we, we have been really blessed the last couple of seasons to have some amazing athletes to join the team and to stick with it. I think, you know, the next part of that is continuity. If we had the same squad, I would say even with 25 players, um, and we were able to win out D3, then there's a possibility that we would be ready to go to D2, keeping the same coaching staff. I know that we have injuries and, you know, things of that nature, but our goal is to grow. There's never been a season where I haven't requested to play D1 or D2 teams because I feel as if we stay only playing D3, we'll never get better and we will never grow as a, as a brand. All right, Thelma, uh, you asked for the, the Dark Angels. And the Dark Angels showed up, and you showed up as well. Nine to zero, we were all surprised. You know that that was we thought it was going to be a bigger schedule, a bigger you know uh, scoring, but nine to zero, that was really a really good game. And up against uh, Detroit, who had faced the champs the week before, and you guys had 
you know, great uh, uh, turnout the week before that. So uh, tell us a little about that that game. Um, so when we went up to Detroit, you know, like I mentioned, we went up with the with the smaller roster. We went with 24 girls. Um, a lot of our starters didn't travel. We have some of Louisville's finest on our squad, so they had to work, unfortunately. Um, we went out and, and we just played football. Um, you know, our coach makes us feel really uh, empowered, and he, he just uh, provided the best opportunity for us to, to you know, eventually did not happen. But to have them score as least as possible on us, and then to try to get us to score as, as much as possible. Um, what we are looking forward to is Detroit has to come down to good old Kentucky in about two weeks here. Um, you know, it's only one, one week at a time, one game at a time, but we are looking forward to a rematch when they do come, come home to us. Well, Thelma, I can tell you right now, Massey ratings-wise, uh, your attitude to, to play D2 or D1 or whatever needs to, needs to happen it really will reward you in the end because, like you said, it's really about competition. So the, the fact that you're playing higher-level or higher-tier competition really is going to position your, yourself in a good, good situation in terms of the playoff picture, especially in the WFA. Yes, sir. Um, you know, All one right. thing we try to do uh, – I'm sorry? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. One thing we try to do, again, is we, we do request to play at least at least a D2, um, one to two D2 teams. Um, if there's a D1, we used to ask to play St. Louis every year. And I, I just feel like it sets us up in the long run when it's time for the playoffs to be a better squad. I, I, I agree with you because a, a lot of the good teams uh, that are playing very competitive, Nevada, for example, which moved up to D2 last year, to your point, D1, D2 throughout the season as well. So it made them better, and here they are, you know, taking down Cali War this past weekend, um, which, you know, they had class with them, you know, back in 2019. So it does make a, a big difference in terms of getting everybody up for the bigger games, I guess, in that sense. Um, so, uh, ma'am, uh, you're playing uh, nose guard, defensive tackle, defensive line. I, I guess you can just say you're wearing all the hats. So I only get to play defense uh, in a glimmer and a hope this season. My coach mainly has me on the O-line um, playing center, um, you know, but I have played all those positions, mainly an offensive lineman, go in on goal line for defense. And, you know, I used to kick, um, but we're luckily recruiting these younger, uh, quicker, faster athletes, and, and they're coming in and learning the ropes and taking the reins. All right. So, when are you going to step aside and be on a uh, be on the same uh, the same seat as Win is, <laughs> not on the field? <laughs> um. So, my girlfriend wants wants that to happen like now, but I think what you know what my goal is is I do I want to run a ring, um, and not just as an owner, but actually as a player. Um, you know, I've dedicated a lot of my life to this, a lot of a lot of time, and a lot of effort and I, I really just want to win be able to win a ring and and be able to to retire and and do bigger things for my team from the other side of the desk looks like this might be the year what do you think Kim? i'm hoping I, I mean i am hoping and you know we're, we're working that's what i can say is our team is working every day uh we just left practice not too long ago and coaches is, is back in the lab trying to trying to get us together 
All right. Um, what do you think of the season so far? The excitement for the fans, the weekly game. You can get it on Roku. You can get it on DirecTV. All the access right there. Um, what do you think of all that with the WFA right now? I think that it is a step in the right direction because, especially with COVID, you know, for so long people couldn't do anything but sit in, sit in the house. Um, they couldn't go out to sport events, and it really put a damper on society. So being able to stream is huge. Um, being able to get the, the games into people's living rooms, what I, what I hope will eventually happen is that we gain fans who watch the Roku streams and, you know, Sports 11 and, and Game of the Week and everything, and then says, oh, my God, I want to go see my local team, and that they come out and support, because that is how we're going to build our brand. That's how we're going to build women's tackles football. I agree. I really think that that's going to be a key. Uh, it's more exciting now because if you have players and their parents want to watch, their relatives want to watch, or just friends of their relatives to watch, it's really nice to just say, hey, you know, tune in on this game or this day, especially for all the teams that are yeah. being involved with the for the fans. I mean, Houston last weekend, I mean, if you're in Houston, travel up to Dallas, as they say, and you watch that game, I mean, everybody's pretty excited. And Houston's, Houston's on there for like three times out of the year. So it's got to be great for uh, energy fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know that one of our coaches, he does contract work, and he's trying to get a contract to have some of our games streamed in airports. Um you know, wow, that's that's absolutely amazing opportunity uh, for someone to be sitting in on a flight and or waiting for their flight and being able to see women's tackle football at the airport. Like, um, you know, opportunities are knocking, and we just have to answer the door. All right. Um, anything I didn't I haven't asked you yet that maybe you can disclose to us? Like, Derby, are you guys just one team in the whole state now? Is there other teams in the state or just yourselves in terms of not just the WFA, but is there, are there other teams out there? So in, in the state of Kentucky, there is only one women's tackle football team. I've kind of been blessed with that. You know, a lot of times you'll see the division amongst teams. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it waters down the competition. And we've been pretty, pretty lucky. Um, it did hurt us a little bit when COVID happened. And, like, let's say, you know, Cleveland set out, Columbus set out, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Ohio team set out. So Cincinnati gained players. Um, Detroit gained players. Um, you know, luckily we had girls. We have girls that travel up from Alabama who play with us, who come up from Knoxville or Tri-City area. Um, we have a couple that fly in from Atlanta. Um, and we have some from Indianapolis. So, hopefully this year, we, yeah, we got our spread of talent, but them them having to fund that travel is is a little bit, you know, it's hard for them. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up because um, normally you try to do it as regionally as possible to keep that cost down. So it makes sense, you know, yes. to try to keep that cost down. So, but it's great that you have at least a consistent um, uh, recruiting you know, where you can recruit basically in-state by yourself, like you said, versus where you have, like, two or three other entities in the state, as an example. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we've been pretty lucky. Uh, one thing I think that, that a lot of people don't realize about Kentucky 
is that there are numerous female athletes that are absolutely amazing. Um, we're just trying to tap into that market to get them to come on over and play football. You know, we try to recruit them after they graduate college, and there's nothing left but softball or volleyball, you know, and, and they're those uh, contact type of players. So, you know, we constantly we're putting the word out there. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's just hard. It's hard out there. Yeah, I I totally get it. Um, from one army, from one army vet to the next army vet, and you're also at Fort Knox. That's where I, I did my armor training. So when you sent me your bio, I was like, oh, there is. I, I was there. I was there for uh, for a while there. So it's a really awesome base. I was there for a year almost uh, doing armor training. So pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, I, you've been at it for a long time, right? Oh, yeah. So I've been, I work for uh, the Human Resource Department for the Army, and um, I've been working there since about 2009 when they moved from Alexandria, but multiple other places. Um, you know, you would think that Fort Knox is a gold mine to recruit athletes, but it's kind of hard with people rotating in and out, and, you know, there are a lot more civilians here. So, yeah, Fort Knox is, uh, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. it is what it is. I had a good time. Um, I went from armor there to uh, transportation and to MP over in California. So that helped me out a lot in that sense uh, to move out and have options. So, but I had a good time and uh, Louisville is an awesome place too to be. So especially for college sports, it's really awesome. Absolutely. Trying to get some of those uh, that have graduated from college to come out and join us. All right. Um, where do you see uh, us going forward at this point for, let's say, the next three years? Do you, do you feel like one of these leagues is going to break out for us in terms of bigger visibility, bigger sponsorship? Uh, do you feel like we're on the right track at this point? I think that we are both on the right track. Um I really, you know, I I hear women say all the time, oh, my goodness, if we just had one league, if we just had one league, um, I think there's some competing personalities there, and and I'm not sure if there will ever just be one league. However, I think that the competition between the leagues keeps pushing each one to get better and better every year. And if you don't, if you don't keep pushing forward, that you will get left behind. Um, you know, I know that Wynn is out there doing amazing things, looking for sponsors for us, for the WFA, and, you know, out there just trying to, to make us better uh, as a league. But I also feel that when one of us grows, that both of us will grow. And all p- positive, uh, you know, coverage and stuff like that is good for all of us. I really think uh, we at some point we're going to get to a state of a, one will have to be a feeder system while the other one's going to be a pro. You know what I mean? We're going to have to get to that one level of kind of an NCA type mentality where you got, you know, Division One, Division Two. At some point, one of the leagues is going to be the feeder system, you know, to the next level. So I really think it's right. promising right. that we're almost at that stage. Right. I mean, and that's and that's a possibility. Um, if, if that probably won't happen in my time frame, but you know, not to say it won't happen in my daughters or my granddaughters or something like that. Right. I just want to see. You know, there's enough food on the table for everybody to eat, and I just want every single team out there that wants to be successful to be successful and to put in the work to make everyone better. 
I agree. I really think so. that's going to be the case. Um, Thelma, tell us a little bit about Cincinnati. You're going uh, on the road. Cincinnati, you guys, uh, like I said, really good matchup this week um, and great win. So now we're getting Cincinnati. They're uh, hungry as well this year. So what, what do you think the matchup's going to be there? Well, I mean, I know what I want it to be. I want it to be a shutout uh, in our favor. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've, we've had a rivalry with Cincinnati as well for, I mean, honestly, since 2004, um, since the old karma days, um, you know, since uh, Icky used to be the coach and stuff like that. There are a lot of the same girls uh, still on the team, uh, and we've had a relationship for many, many years. Um, we, we know that we're going to see tomorrow this weekend and uh, the Masons. You know, um, but coaches game planning, and and I'm sure they're watching our film just like we're watching theirs, and we just hope to come out on top. All right, so we're going into this weekend really uh, trying to solidify yourselves in the position. I believe in the Massey ratings, you're up there. Um, if I took my notes correctly, let me look at here. D three, number one, Thelma, number one in yeah. the. Top rated in Massey, so congratulations to you. That's, that's an awesome accomplishment early on in the season, like you said, because we've still got the whole, the rest of the what uh, four weeks to go. So, but very impressive start. That's the reason I wanted to bring you on to kind of give you and your team and your coaching staff a shout out for doing an amazing uh, job so far in 2021. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys bringing us on. I know my players listen to the podcast all the time, and they're all like, how come we never get no love? And I'm telling them everything that we do is, is putting us, uh, our best foot forward is putting us ahead of everyone else, and we just got to keep pushing. Just keep pushing and, and doing the best that we can, um, listen to our coaches, condition, so that we can make a run for that ring this year. I think you're on the right track. Uh, we we got a lot of love for you, Derby. If you guys hit listening now, we got a lot of love for you. Just keep doing your thing. Um, so really great matchups so far this week from uh, and this past couple of weeks from your team. So very proud of you and everybody there making the effort and showcasing, especially the coaching staff as well. Uh, one unit, one goal, one mission, and that would be the road to Canton, right? You want to be in Canton. First, first team to be in Canton. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We just want to earn it. <laughs> Y'all, you'll earn it. I think you guys are doing a great job at this point. Um, so it's really exciting. D3 is starting to be a little uh, hot. You got uh, Sacramento, who's also playing top-tier t- squads. You got Music City. Um, also have those those teams out there. So there's a couple teams, Arizona out west. Um, so there's a couple D3. Yeah. In terms of the picture of the D3, it's got to excite you, right, Thelma? Because it's a lot of teams competing to get to that to the, the stage in, in Canton. Yes, sir, it absolutely is. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because we have uh, some of the owners groups and some of the pages, we go back and forth and kind of banter, uh, banter with the coaches from Arizona all the time, and they say, well, we're going to see you guys in Canton. I'm like, I'm sure, I hope so. You know, <laughs> we're trying to get there, and I think it's a, it's a uh, tooth and nail dogfight for every single D3 team. If you're not trying – um, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say for you. It, it's, you know, this is, this is the time to step up and to make things happen. And it's, it's going to be an interesting battle down the road because you have a lot, a lot more teams in the D3 division, unlike D1 or D2, where it's every week is a dogfight here. 
you can miss up one or two weeks and still be able to, you know, get to that end of the stretch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to go, you don't want to be that one team that based on Massey, you're, neg- you're neglected to go to the, to the final so, or the playoffs. So uh, that's going to be an interesting road going, going ahead. Salma, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. I know you, you know, you're always on the go and doing your thing, and I appreciate you making the time. And all we wanted to do is bring you on to kind of spotlight you, your team, and the amazing, uh, you know, start that you guys have done so far this year, and then the awesome uh, results this past weekend against Music City. We thank you again, Oscar, and hopefully the next time we're talking to you, it's in Canton when we're holding a trophy. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to see. If uh, make it out there and uh, watch everybody shine on that day because it's going to be an electric day, an exciting opportunity, as, as we talked about before, and a historic one, too. Everybody wants to be at that first, you know, to make it happen. So yeah. hopefully at this point we're a couple weeks away, and, uh, you know, those weeks fly by. So Derby, uh, Road to Canton, I'm pretty sure you got it on that map and circled. <laughs> we sure do, Oscar, sure do. We already GPSed it. Oh wow! There you go. So I'm I'm with you. So looking forward to the dynamite being in uh, at the Hall of Fame Stadium, Tom Benson Stadium. So that's going to be awesome. So fizzle dynamite this weekend. So Cincinnati. Uh, I guess all I can say is bring it, right? That's right. Keg and nail, baby. Keg and nail. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, safe travels. Stay COVID free. And we'll be keeping an eye on Derby City between now and the end of the season because you guys are killing it. Roger that. Thank you, Oscar, again for having us. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, there you go. Thelma Bank, and she's the owner, player, just of the Derby City Dynamite. What an amazing uh, athlete, amazing pioneer, amazing woman, and uh, what an owner as well. And so, like she says, they're putting it together. She wants that ring. She wants to get to that next level. She wants to be in Canton, of all places. So what what not a better time to do it than to try to do it at this point, um, try to get her team to the next level. Um, so it's going to be really, really awesome uh, to see them in the final at Tom Benson Stadium for the WFA National Championship D3. That will be awesome. Right now, they're number one in Massey. They are the top dogs in the ranking. So that's the reason I wanted to bring them on because I wanted to give them their just due. Um, you know, they've done an amazing job up against top level. Nine to zero against Detroit. You know, shout out to Detroit because they're, they're a bunch of gritty, awesome players out there too as well. Tatiana Blazing Company there. Um, so they've, they've, they do a great job week in, week out. And they want to go back, obviously, to the finals as well. They're, they don't want to miss that. And so it's going to be an interesting – that's number two. Uh, they are number two in the WFA Division Two. They're 3-1. and one. They only lost to the Boston uh, Renegades, which is a, a really big class that they had there. But other than that, they are 3-1, and one, and they're looking forward to being there at the finals as well in Division Two. And right, right in the backyard of their home is uh, Ohio. So what better opportunity to show up in, uh, in Canton for that opportunity. We're going to be talking to Maddie Roses in a couple minutes here, uh, the young quarterback, former Kansas City Titans uh, standout, now leading the Kansas City glory in the WFA, I mean WNFC, 
and uh, one of the young teams that is going to be in the top ten. So they're looking forward to it. They've classed against the Texas Elite Spartans. Uh, we want to talk about with her about that encounter, plus the, the opportunity right now to kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks here, it's going to be very tough playoffs. So uh, Manny Rose is going to be coming here in a couple minutes, and uh, we're going to be talking to her as well. So let me let her know here. And so um, it's a pretty exciting weekend as we have the week four uh, standings here. Arizona, once again, 60-0. to zero. The outcast, as we just talked to Delma uh, here, really impressive. They took care of business. Inland Empire, Desert Eagles. Um, and then you had Houston Power put up, put up a good fight against the Arlington Impact, 20-6. to six. And, of course, Boston Renegades, 62-0 to zero this past weekend against the Nighthawks. I have pretty struggling for the whole the whole year. We thought they'd show up a little better in this but they've been struggling and who who doesn't struggle against Boston technically. And then the big matchup, Nevada Storm, twenty eight to zero against Cali War. I'm assuming we'd have to call this the upset of the year at this point. So uh hats off to them. And then Derby took care of Music City twenty to zero as we tell them here about the uh, about it. So let's go into the second huddle. And we're, and we're going to be talking to the talented Maddie Rosas of the Kansas City Glory. the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, and go code NJF and get started at Monkey Night Fight. Maddie, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you? How are you doing, young lady? Well, I'm doing all right. Just got done with some practice and, you know, grinding it out. All right. Uh, what did you think of this weekend's ball games? Um, I think that we played a pretty good game. It was, uh, it was a long drive to Houston, um, but we came out, we took care of business, and I couldn't be more happy with my line. They've made so many strides within the past couple of games, and I was just so impressed with my O-line. They blocked so so well throughout the entire game, and I don't know. They uh, they definitely put in the work. Manny, uh, you came from Kansas City. You've been in Kansas City for a long, long time. Um, when the, the Titans were no more, as they say, and all of a sudden KC glory to start here, uh, what was that transition like for you? Um, I would definitely say it was pretty interesting to kind of sit back and watch everything that was going on. Um, it was interesting to see who all started to join the uh, Kansas City women's women's tackle football team and who stepped up to the plate. I mean, we have probably, I would say, 60% of the team, 60 to 65% of the team is rookies, and they – continue to impress me every single day when we're out there. They've made so many strides every single day. I mean, it, it, it amazes me about the dedication that these women have toward the game and to share that that passion, that drive during practices and just all of the above. It just it, it impresses me every day. Maddie, why quarterback when you're a badass wide receiver? What Who, 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 who said, hey, quarterback, <laughs> go. Oh, boy. Well, um, so I played quarterback freshman year of high school football. 
Um, it was a little rough for me um, with the boys at the beginning, but I adjusted to it. So I've had some some quarterback experience. Um, the original quarterback was Liz Sowers. Um, however, she quit the team. So the coaches asked me if I could step up and uh, take care of it, take care of business. And I said, hey, wherever you need me, put me. So I was more than happy to step up to the plate and show the coaches and everyone that I'm capable of leading this team. And I'd say that the strides we've taken as a whole overall offense, um, like I said, it continues to amaze me. Um, it's been a it's been a hell of a ride so far, and we're only getting better from here. So I'm really looking forward to see what the the future of the Kansas City Glory has. So, Maddie, uh, you're one of a few, you know, young quarterbacks in the league. You got Bushman, a little bit of time. You got Luis Bean. I mean, if going down the line, Kim Phillips. So you're probably one of the unique quarterbacks in terms of a youth mentality, as you're saying, with your team. It's still a young team um, all the way around, right? You said it's more of a rookie class than anything. So it's you've seen the elite firsthand against Bushman and company. Uh, what what was that experience for you guys as a group to see, uh, I guess you want to call it a machine, because <laughs> most people just look at them and go, okay, this is a machine. <laughs> um so uh, well, Madden-like, Madden I guess, if you want to call it. Well, you know what they say, everything's bigger in Texas. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say that the game against Dallas was definitely a learning experience, and every one of the players on the glory put their heart into it, and we tried to make the best out of out of what we could that was in front of us. And defense, defense has made – so many strides throughout the season. Um, I mean, Dallas is a good team. It Hands down, there's no getting past it. And I'm looking forward to seeing them again in Texas at their home stadium and to show them what we got, show them what progression we've made throughout the season. Maddie, you feel Houston yourselves on the same level? Do you feel like that's the case between you and Houston? Because – I think Texas, we can pretty much say they're on a different level, right, at this point in terms of chemistry and putting together, you know, in other words, they're gelled in, in some ways, a lot of ways. But for you guys like Houston putting up a good fight, yourselves, it's really about can we make the, the opportunity to get to the playoff state, right? Because I know at some point we've got to make right. the playoffs. So it's nice to just, okay, we've got to make the playoffs, whether, you know, you're going to get to the end where you face Texas one more time, it's a situation where you're just going to get better every time you face Texas. But Houston, yourselves, that's a situation where I think it's more equal balance. Uh, the teams are kind of better in terms of each other. Um, you get, I believe you get Houston after the bye week, right, if I'm correct in my notes? Do you get another yeah, bye week? Yeah, I would say for Yes, so right? we so have it's, two it's, bye weeks coming up. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we have two bye weeks coming up. Um, which is going to give our bodies some time to rest, um, get back at, at it at practice. I would definitely say that we faced some adversity in regard to Houston. I think they were a good matchup. And I don't know. I feel like Houston and the glory, I feel like we we worked hard. And obviously we plan on whooping them even more when they come to our home field. And, Playing them for the second time, it's going to be harder. 
just because we've played with each other and we've gotten somewhat of a feel for how each team plays and whatnot. But I think it's going to be a really good matchup here in a couple of weeks when they come to our home field. I, uh, I plan on putting up a good amount of points, but at least that's what every team hopes for. Now you guys, you're going to face Houston. Um, you're going to face Texas and then you finish up, I think in Nebraska, if I'm correct. Right. So Got a little bit of a stretch there after the bite of the two bye weeks here. Get some rest. Now it's really crunch time, right? It's must. Every game's going to be must win type mentality. Exactly, exactly. I uh, after the Houston game here in a few weeks or so, I believe we play Nebraska next, and then for our sixth game of the season, we will end it off with Dallas, and then from there, um, we should be making it into the playoffs. Um, we just we have too much talent on the glory, and we. I'm I'm excited to see the potential that the glory has because, like I said, we've been working our tails off. I mean, we were in the books, we're on the field. I mean, even mm-hmm. away from practices, we are definitely grinding at it. So, I'm just I'm really excited to see where women's football goes in Kansas City. Now, uh, Maddie, have you been keeping up with all the excitement week to week? Uh, this past weekend, pretty exciting games as well. Which, And then the next two weeks you're not going to be playing, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be keeping an eye out. Um, Houston, yeah. uh, I think the, right now the fourth spot in the Atlantic is probably going to be between you and Houston, depending on what's happening, because Alabama, there's also Atlanta in the mix. There's Washington in the mix. So there's a, there's a couple teams. Uh, between now and then, like you said, you only you only dictate what you can in terms of wins. But the, the opportunity is there for you guys to really, if you you know lose to Texas as an example, it's not going to be a bad deal. But you might have to run the table with everybody else. Right, and I mean I'm I wouldn't say I'm worried about it because I know the potential of the glory, and I'm I'm pretty confident in the skill set that we have going. And like I said, the amount of rookies that we have is one thing, but at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to which team wants it more. And I know for dang sure that the glory wants it pretty dang bad. So um, at the end of the day, you just got to want it. And that's where we're at. I mean, I think this is where this year it's more critical because we had a year off, a lot of players did devote themselves to more weight training, devote themselves to most position skill sets. Um, so I really feel like everybody's way better this year than they were in the year one. And it's probably going to get better for next year as well because of the fact that you're so, everybody's so aggressively in tune with what they're doing. Um, Maddie, what, do you, uh, what, is, what is it going to take for you guys to get that playoff spot besides the, you know, just every game? To your point, um, everybody's bought into this. I mean, you're you're passionate about it, so I'm assuming everybody's following your lead, right? Right, and we there's a lot of passion on this team, and we are 100% a family. We all have got it. We all have each other's backs, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We win, we lose as a team, um, no matter what. So, I mean, I would definitely say that we have a pretty dang good chance of being in the playoffs. And I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not necessarily concerned about it because I know the potential and we're only making strides. We, have, we haven't taken any steps backwards. We're, it's full throttle from here.
All right. Uh, can you give a, give our fans some of the names that we got to be watching for your your runners, your receivers, uh, maybe some badass defensive players that we're not aware of so far, or nobody's disclosed to us. Yeah, I would definitely have to give a shout out to Sarita. Um, she's a part of our line. She plays both um, O line and D line, primarily D line. I would also have to give a shout out to Brooke Kent. Uh, she's one of my wide receivers. She's a freak of an athlete. I mean, she's she's hands down definitely one of the top receivers in the league. Um, for my backs, I would definitely have to say all of them <laughs> because, I mean, we've got a great variety of backs. We have small, elusive ones. We have bigger, more weight on them, backs that will just plow right through you. Um, defensively, I would definitely have to go with, let's see here, uh, she's one of our safeties. Uh, another freak athlete over there. I mean, she's constantly up in the air. Any ball that goes up in the air is hers. Um, we've got, we've just got hell of an athletes everywhere. Everywhere you look, and I mean, it. It's hard to give you an accurate, accurate answer there, but I would just have to say that primarily my O line. Um, watch out for them because they're going to come swinging. Now, I, I know you guys are played tough. You guys are played really gritty. This week, you guys played really – I mean, the, the 21-0 win was really good. Um, offensively, you guys were gelling. Defensively, it was a really good battle. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, Houston versus KC because I really this – is, this is it. You know, this is going to be the uh, make it or break it. If one of you guys loses, um, I, I guess they uh, – Houston goes to Mississippi, I believe, this – next week or so, and so that's going to be crucial for them. They can't drop that if they want to stay in that, you know, Atlantic contention. Mississippi really, uh-huh. uh, you know, they, they just need a win. <laughs> They're just in that hungry right, mode. Right. So they get, they get a couple of bye weeks. You can't anticipate them not wanting to, you know, come in out and play, and play different to get the win. So it's going to be interesting to see how Houston – so you got two weeks to kind of watch and, and kind of scope out Nebraska and Houston – um, Nebraska is really struggling this year for some reason, um, and they're, they've shown it. To, they were a better team in 2019, but now they're just they're not that you know they're not playing that well. So there's a, there's a situation where there's an advantage at some point here. But overall, uh, we anticipate the glory to be in that playoff hunt as we get closer to the next couple weeks. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we no matter how many times we play the same team, you can never underestimate them. Um, that could have been just their off day when we went up against them this past weekend, and you just can't underestimate any team no matter how many times you play them. So we're focused. We're in the books. We're on the field. Off the field, we're in the gyms. We're we're still getting at it on our bye weeks. All right, so week six, I believe, is what I'm talking about, and that's going to be Kansas City, the Heat, Glory. It's going to be a crucial matchup. The reason I wanted to bring you on because I think that's going to be the anticipation for everybody to look at. One, you know, who wins that game is really going to be getting an edge in terms of the uh, rankings and, and the coaches' polls. So it's going to be very crucial for a must-win for every game now. So um, I mean, I'm really excited and happy that you are in charge of this KC unit. Um, I've been following you since you know you were playing with Kansas City, and I think this is another level. What do you think of this uh, enthusiasm, Maddie, 
you know, on streaming services, via network, on television. Family can watch you week to week. Uh, multicasting, just like you do Red Zone for NFL. I mean, what do you think of the production of your league? I think it's going pretty well. Um, I think that the social media pages, um, the live streams, I think it's great because women's football overall, it deserves to be recognized. And overall, I think that all of these women, all of these women in the WNFC have um, made a, made quite, quite a few strides, especially over the years. It keeps getting bigger and bigger um, with women's football overall. And, Every day is a little step forward toward the goal that we're all playing for. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I'm going to get to see the fact that you get paid. Hopefully I'm going to be here when that <laughs> happens, the day you get paid. Yeah, right. Hopefully it's not a dollar. <laughs> hopefully it's a couple zeros <laughs> I'd behind sure, it. I'd you sure know hope I mean? not. <laughs> I mean, we are putting our physical but, health uh, on the line, not to mention we're very passionate, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um but, you know, hopefully we'll get to that stage. I mean, uh, taking the WNBA 20 years, hopefully it'll only take five years for the WNFC to get to that, maybe that next that level. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a wish, of course, that we want for everybody. Um, so I'm really excited to bring you on. So thank you for making the time and uh, best time to do it now before the bye week. I know you're going to be busy, uh, like you said, hitting everything and trying to get ready for that stretch run. Um, it's going to be a really Absolutely. awesome in the Atlantic considering you have Alabama that's on fire, not just their name, but they are on fire, <laughs> uh, taking care of Philly this past weekend. And then the battle, I mean, the, the, the battle between Washington and Atlanta, that's a rivalry in itself. Um, and I think Houston and KC will be that rivalry too. Honestly, I really think that this is going to be somewhat of a Midwest rivalry too. Yeah, and I, I... – couldn't agree more. I think it'll be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, overall, I think that we just have to stay mentally focused and keep working out the mistakes that we made um, during the game in Houston this past weekend. And if we just focus on ourselves, we don't worry about what they're doing, stay 100% focused on what we are doing, um, I think we'll I think we'll be just fine. Okay, Ms. Maddie, I'm totally excited for Bushman. Roses, number two. So I'm penciling it in right now. Bushman, Maddie Roses, number two. Class, number two. So I'm going to see, uh, see how uh, the glory to uh, the elite Spartans. I think that's going to be the, the benchmark as you get better and better and better. So uh, to your point, it's just, a, just an opportunity to get better and better. So it's going to be an exciting game. But first we got Houston Heat, and that's going to be, I believe, June, right? June 12th, if I'm correct. I wrote it down, I think. Uh, and that's going to be in Kansas City, yeah. right? The glory against the heat. Yep. Are you allowing fans in the stands there, or is it not allowable fans in the stands? Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely fa- uh, fans being allowed up in the stands. We had, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we had about 500 at our last game. It was like 2,500 wow. at good. our last game. The numbers, were, the numbers were completely awesome. I haven't seen a, a full stand – Full stand like that for women's football ever yet. Um, it was it was great to have the energy there and all the fans there cheering on all of, all the players and I just I love the energy. It was great. Well, I mean, it isn't the Chiefs' kingdom, but it certainly could become Glory <laughs> Kingdom. For sure, for sure. 
All right. So, Maddie, anything else I didn't ask you that maybe you can uh, let the fans know, um, social media sites, IG handles, where they can follow you or they can follow Kansas City Glory? Um, yeah, Kansas City Glory is should be on pretty much all social media platforms. Um, you could definitely go on there and follow that, keep up to date with what's going on, um, keep up to date with what's going on with the players and whatnot. Um, shout out to all the fans that act, that showed up to our home opener. We 100% appreciate every every single one of you. The support truly goes a long way, and. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this next game where we are going to come out swinging. So really looking forward to it. All right. Number two, the chief of the Kansas city glory, Maddie Roses. Uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I wanted to bring you on, give you some, some time to express uh, about your team and the opportunities there for the glory to get into that WNFC playoff mode. And that's the focus. So thanks for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys. You have a good one. Have a good night. You too. All right, guys. That is uh, Manny Roses, the QB of the Kansas City Glory. And why don't we get into the conversation of week four, and let's bring in uh, AK backseat coach Mark Simone in here to kind of talk, touch base here. So, uh, Mark, uh, Manny Roses, uh, she knows the challenge is elite, but she also knows the road to the playoffs is through the Heat in Nebraska. So she's getting ready for the Heat and the Nighthawks. Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good sign. I, they really, the Glory and Arosas as well, have to stay really focused on on their path uh, to the playoffs um, instead of worrying about, you know, how they size up against, um, you know, the elite and um, sort of the top, teams of the league. I mean, right now the Glories, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of in middle ground here in the, in the rankings, I think, and um, uh, I don't think their play has reached their potential yet, you know. Um, I watched the game against the Heat, and you know, there were times when um, you know, a number of the players looked good, and they have a lot of, they have a lot of good players. Uh, Taylor Hay looks really good. They're a linebacker. Um, um, she's usually running the ball. She's well-known for running the ball. Um, so that word potential came up a lot in uh, Maddie's interview, and um, and and that's a, that's a word that I think kind of de- describes the glory right now. But they do have to – they have to start to de- delivering. Right now they don't quite pass the eye test for uh, competing against those upper, upper uh, echelon teams like Utah or – or um, the elite, um, but if they can just stay focused on their own game and focus on their own path, I think we're going to see them in the playoffs. Mark, I agree with you because uh, the Atlantic is really tough. They put themselves in a tough position because uh, Washington, Atlanta, Alabama, Philly, right? Those are the yep. literally the, the teams that are gonna you're going to have to overcome. And to your point. An Alabama against a glory right now, probably almost as the same as an elite against the elite. It might not be at that same level, but the only thing they can control, as she pointed out, is obviously the schedule that they're playing. And the schedule says you got to beat the Heat and Nebraska, you know, to get into the, to get into, try to get into the dance. 
So that's the only thing that they can control. And I think she's optimistic. Uh, she totally understands. And she said, you know, probably a lot of the team is rookies. So it's going to take a, maybe not this year, but another year for them to kind of gel and maybe put some chemistry together. Right, right. Um, it's just uh, being patient and uh, staying focused and, um, um, you know, given those rookies' experience now this year, you know, win with win or lose with your with your rookies. Um, it's it's great to have the the veteran leadership that the glory has, and they have to show the rookies uh, the way. But um, you know, they don't have the uh, luxury of putting the rookies on the bench, right? So everybody's got to get all in, and um, they just they just have to focus on the games uh, right in front of them and and do what they can do to the best of their ability. All right, let's run down the uh, week four WNFC because it was kind of a situation where uh, a lot of teams, some teams are going to be up in that rankings now. Uh, should come out tomorrow or Thursday, and we'll see where somebody dips or somebody moves trends upwards. But uh, Washington, 34-0 against Carolina. Carolina, 0-3. They really played tough against Philly. Uh, Now they're playing, you know, against Washington. Um, Just a a situation where I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. we got, what, a couple weeks to go. Uh, Unless they can muster a, you know, three in a row or two in a row or put together something, uh, it looks like Carolina is going to be going into 2022 uh, mode at some point here. Um, yeah, it, it's too bad. I mean, it, it, once you get to 0-3, that's hard to um, – you have to overcome that record to to get in the playoffs. And, um, you know, who do they face now? Washington, I think. Is that right? Yeah, they beat Washington uh, – I mean, Washington beat them 34-0 at this point. And I think they get uh, – Carolina's going to go – into a bye week, two weeks in a row, they're not going to come back. I believe they don't come back until week, uh, I want to say the last week of the season, if I'm correct. I don't know yeah, if it's three yeah weeks I'm looking at here season. now. Uh, it is June 26th, so that's that's a long time. That's uh, over a month. Uh, and they get to face the uh, Washington again. So they, right. are 0 and, they get to 0-4. At this point, that's it. I, I, that's why I'm saying I don't think they're going to be able to uh, – playoffs are not for them at this point. So it's just a matter of being competitive for the last weekend. Yep, yep. It's too bad. You know, I, I don't feel like they're, you know, uh, the worst team in the league. Um, but, you know, you didn't win the game. So uh, what can you do? Um, need to uh, it is what it is. You know, take as advantage as of this time. And, and we don't know what, what – you know – the playoffs might be out of the question, but you got one more game. Make the most of it, you know? Yeah. Um, we had Kansas City 21-0, as Maddie just uh, alluded to here. Um, they played somewhat decent ball, as you're stating as well here. But uh, yep. Houston really needs to uh, muster up against Mississippi coming up this next week. Mississippi has been off for the last couple of weeks, so um, they were talking smack all year on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's probably time to put up or shut up. Oh, it makes it it makes it exciting, doesn't it? Once you finally get there. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I I think it's uh, kind of a toss up. I mean, they're they're close. I I would give Houston the edge, but um, you know, I I think they're pretty 
pretty close. I think I expect a competitive game. Yeah, I think so too. I think that you know Mississippi needs to look at themselves now and say, okay, must wins for the next couple of weeks because they really are going to be must wins. They're going to have to make that mentality uh, really sink in. Atlanta thirteen to zero against Florida. That was offensive matchup too. Uh, Florida surprising that they did not get in the end zone. As talented as Tim Phillips is, uh, Atlanta. Mark, where Atlanta is this team where it's not scoring high, but it isn't giving up enough. Uh, isn't giving up points either. So interesting dynamic for Phoenix. Whoever faces them, as you said before, uh, they could turn the tables and make it into a gritty battle, right? Yeah, I, I mean, they could. They could. I think it's very interesting how Atlanta has won their games, as as you've said. And it, it kind of tells me that they are probably slowing the pace of the game down. It, it's a ball It's a ball control game. That's, that's the game that they want to play. Um, now, if you're Mississippi – I don't know if if you try and try and speed up the game on them. Um, I, you know, I don't know if they they can do that. But um, uh, Atlanta definitely has a kind of a different approach, I think, to um, a lot of the other teams. Like, you know, Alabama and Philly, like like they move, they go fast. Like they're about trying to, you know, just really keep the the game moving quickly and scoring a lot of points and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Atlanta is going to have this one in hand. But that was a, that was a, you know, impressive game. 13 zero. It's good. You hate to see a lot of zeros on the board, which I think we saw last week in, um, the WNFC, but when it's 13 zero, it's not so bad. You, um, you know that it was a competitive match. Yeah, and it, it was tough. I mean, it wasn't like Florida wasn't in the game. They were in the game. It's just it's just a matter of, like you said, one team basically controlling the clock more than anything on their scoring. Um, it looks like Atlanta at this point is going to head to Mississippi. Then we get the, re, the we get the test or a preview of maybe a playoff test when they go up against Alabama. And that's gonna yeah, be that'll a, be a really good one to watch. Test. You know whether they can slow down uh, Alabama. That would be the, the big thing, you know, for them, where they're going to slow it down. Uh, Philly loses to the same Alabama fire on fire, uh, 34-12. to 12. We just mentioned Kay Mitchell was uh, injured with a, with a leg injury, so hopefully she's doing better. She's got her surgery and everything's good. But a lot of injuries happening this past week with a lot of teams um, in terms of the whole league. So it's starting to get down to the you know, last four weeks of the season where everything's going to be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, you know, I think the 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 uh, as the season goes on, it, it it wears players down, and um, you know maybe there's not as much sort of discipline out on the field, um, and accidents can happen. Um, but you know, this is football. I, I think also maybe the, the layoff with COVID um, might contribute to um, the kind of season that we're seeing in many different ways. Um, um, on the field, off the field too, the way um, sort of teams and leagues are are um, doing things. Uh, so it's been a tough year um, all around, I think. So hopefully we don't see too many more injuries um, over the 
you know, the next few weeks so that we can finish the regular season and have a little time to recuperate going into the playoffs. You know, we want teams to be as healthy as possible. All right, uh, Mark, uh, San Diego Rebellion for real. I would say they have arrived. They really want this. They really want to go yeah, to the next I, level. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, I think they're the they're the third or fourth best team in the, in the WNFC. Um, yeah, I would put them. I would put them third. Like, and I'm looking at Alabama probably being number four. Um, so until such time comes um, that San Diego loses a game, um, I'm going to have them at like number three. I think. They're getting, they're going up against Majestics. That is a West Coast clash. They uh, obviously took care of business against Los Angeles. Los Angeles is just struggling this year for some reason. They're just struggling. And so it's, it's showing big time. Um, but they're going against Seattle. Crucial matchup against Seattle. And this is more of a must-win for Seattle, I think, than, than San Diego, because I think San Diego can afford a loss, but Seattle cannot afford a loss. Yes, yes, it's true. I mean – uh, San Diego doesn't want to win. I, they're going to get a better seat. They're going to get a better seat if they win this game against Seattle. Uh, but this is Seattle's chance to prove that they belong closer to the top of the rankings than in the middle where they are. Um, and for San Diego, you know, a season sweep of Seattle it is a big statement for them. Yeah, and I mean, Nengi Martin, Katie, I mean, they, the whole team's been working their butts off all season. Uh, you know, they're just like salivating at getting in the playoffs and they're already there i mean they're at almost at three three and oh uh this would solidify themselves like you said in the top five that really puts them in a great position for them to you know get into that um, chase uh in the playoff run against maybe utah or las cruces in that sense so um this is this is impressive i mean uh, they played well in 2019 they just had you know weren't able to get some wins but now they they have they're starting getting wins yeah, I, they definitely put in the work, and I, I think over the over the the full break between 2019 and now, if, if you followed them on social media at all, um, you saw that they were putting the work in, and now you're seeing it, you know, pay dividends. So good for them. All right, um, Bandits. Uh, we said, hey, they got to they got to win against Phoenix. There's no, they had no choice. They have to win. They're 0 and 2. You do not want to go 0 and 3. Um, coming into this game, and they they uh, they put up their forty burger and they they put up the the W. Yeah, they did. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a good solid win for them. And they're so they're one and two now. Uh, Going to be facing the Nebraska, who's been struggling. And uh, I think this is another winnable game for Denver. Um, the two teams are not too far off in the rankings, and. Uh, you know, it might be a competitive game, but I, this, I think this is definitely one that Denver looks and they know that this is a winnable game and that if they, they lose it, then um, uh, they, they should be disappointed. I, I think this is one they know that they can get. All right, uh, the Silver Stars, Dion Lee, we got, you know, Kerry Walters, we got Chris Acasio here before, uh, 41-0 against Oregon. Oregon's struggling without having their big uh, running back um, in, in place. Uh, offensively, they are str- they're struggling. So uh, a big win for Las Vegas here and also puts them in, a, in that position in the middle of the pack. They've been ranked eighth all through the four weeks. I don't think they're going to be changed much at this point. They either get ranked seventh or stay in the same. But uh, they've been consistent all year. So 
you, uh, this is a good sign for them. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know if they're going to go up in the rankings, but I I definitely have liked what what I've I've seen from them. I think they maybe they'll they'll move up one notch, um, and so they'll be taking on Los Angeles, which is going to it's going to be a win for them um, unless something tragic happens. Um, so yeah, the, I, it's looking like the win streak continues for Las Vegas and uh, for Los Angeles. I mean, they have a kind of a tough. They've already had a tough road, and you know, so they got Las Vegas uh, next week or this coming week. Then they see the Falcons, and the only possibly winnable game they have is the last one in their schedule, which is against the Bandits, uh, the Denver Bandits. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say that's a big chance of them winning that game either, um, based on what I've seen. So it might be a win. Struggle, this season. Um, it's unfortunate that they have not been able to play better at this point or put up points. Uh, it's not like lack of trying. They've played really well, but defensively they've just been getting ripped and ripped and ripped. And um, unfortunately they just, they have no answers, right? So that's what it really boils down to. And Las Vegas right now, to your point, uh, they're pretty dialed. They look pretty good against Oregon, and uh, Oregon probably a little better squad than L.A. right now. So if, right. that's I'm on point with you. I think this is I wouldn't call it a massacre, but it's it might be a beatdown. Yeah, yeah, it might be. I'm expecting it. All right, uh, what do we say about Philly? Philly going against Washington. Philly really uh, against Alabama struggled. Uh, and we saw the struggles there of, on defense, and Philadelphia, uh, Alabama took advantage of that. So Washington, no different here. They're playing sort of a low-key game like Atlanta, so it could be a situation where this is an advantage for the, the prodigy and also an opportunity for them to um, you know, get into that uh, higher position ranking in the Atlantic. Yes, I mean, if Washington wins, we definitely need to reevaluate uh, strongly where these teams belong in the rankings in the pecking order. I, I definitely think Washington has a very good chance of winning this game. Um, like Alabama, uh, you know, I think defense for them um, will be key. If they can get turnovers, I mean, when Philadelphia played um, Alabama this past weekend, uh, like there were like five turnovers, like in the first quarter. Um, and three of them uh, – Philly turned it over, I think, three times, and Alabama turned it over twice. Uh, but the big difference was Alabama scored uh, 14 points off of two of those turnovers. And at the end of the game, it was a three. It was a three-score game. So those, you know, those scores off turnovers was big in that game. Um, if Washington can manage to to do something similarly to uh, get a couple turnovers and convert it into points, I think their chances of, of winning um, go up, like, very, very high. So I'll be watching right, that one very closely. We're talking week five. In the WNFC, week five, because we take the week off for Memorial Day weekend, so we're not going to be looking at these actions until week five. But week five right. action is really going to be intriguing because, to your point, there's going to be a little bit of a shift in every, every conference. Uh, Houston uh, going against Mississippi. Mississippi, like I said, really cannot afford to lose another game because they they pretty much are on point for the rest of the the weeks 
and they got to get on dial. They got to get on the board. Otherwise, they're not going to be relevant. Um, Denver, to your point, I think Nebraska is struggling severely. I don't know why that's happening, but um, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I think somebody's got to reevaluate that program, and you got to really get get into it. Um, but Denver looked pretty strong this past week, so they get what two weeks? They'll get two weeks to prepare for Nebraska. Uh, so Nighthawks, if I would say. You know, this is a must-win for you. It's a really must-win for you against Denver. If you want to salvage your season, this is it. This is where you got to you got to get that W. Uh, La Muerte against the Falcons. This is the game that I will be honing in on. This is the game that I will be popcorn ready. Louise Bain taking on uh, Tagaloa and company. La Muerte, Utah, Rasmussen against Avalos. This is the game I want to watch. Me too. Um, you know, this is definitely a game, uh, an opportunity for uh, La Muerte to to see what they're made of against you know the top team in in the West over the last few years, and um, you know we're gonna find we're gonna find out if you know if this year uh, Las Cruces is for real. You know, they've been looking very good. There's no doubt about it. But there's, there's, um, th- this is the matchup that's gonna, I think, tell us what we need to know about uh, Las Cruces this year. All right, I'm excited. Regina Scoto against Gina Magallan. What we want to look at <laughs> the running backs <laughs> at this point. I'm excited to see how that's gonna be, how they can contain. I mean, Gina's just been going off. This is this girl's just been going off on the, it just yeah yeah, very impressive. So. Uh, they both have a really good run game. They both are disciplined on both sides. Um, the quarterbacks are going to be key to uh, defensively. They're pretty stout on both sides as well. Um, but to your point, Mark, this is this is going to be La Muerte's first big test, just like Kansas City against the Elite, right? <laughs> this is it. Yep. Can you run with the dogs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you run with the big dogs? You know that. I mean, that's the question uh, at the beginning of every year. And, um, you know, from what we saw in the WFA last week, you know, we saw an upset um, out west. And so never say never here. Um, let's, just, let's just get them on the field and watch them play. All right, June 5th, uh, circle your games. I think uh, Washington Philly is going to be one of those deciding Atlantic shifts. Uh, Mississippi. I must win against the Heat. I really think that that's the case. The Heat can't afford to lose. they got to stay in that competitive stage, too. So it's a really good matchup for both teams there. Denver, uh, like, I, like you said, more than likely they're going to punch it in. They're, they're looking pretty good at this point. Unless Nebraska surprises us, looks like Denver's probably going to get that win. Uh, Utah-La Muerte, that'll be probably the marquee game of that week uh, because of the, you know, the clash in terms of the seeding. The rankings, I think La Muerte is at number five. We're looking at two versus five. Pretty interesting. I don't know what the rankings are going to be for tomorrow, but more than likely they'll stay about the same. I don't think Utah's going to drop beyond, you know, beyond two. They're going to stay number two pretty much until the end of the season, just like Texas is number one. So yep. I don't think the change is there. But uh, La Muerte could, you know, make, a, make a, a, an argument for being top four, you know, maybe an argument for being top three, something like that. Um, Las Vegas against the Bobcats. 
Um, same concept as Denver, right? Don't think uh, they're going to drop off anytime soon here. They've been playing pretty good ball. Uh, L.A. really struggling like Nebraska, unless uh, L.A. can turn it around and somehow put up a nice performance against their rivals there. Uh, San Diego against Seattle. That'll be the next game that we we're going to pe- keep an eye on. Hero against Nenji Martin. So uh, two marquee games there. Uh, Utah, La Muerte, San Diego, Seattle. That's what I'm going to be watching for uh, June 5th, week five of the WNFC. It's a good slate of games, no doubt. And I think it's going to be incredible. So if you haven't watched the WNFC, you can go to watchvire.com, go under Vire Sports, and you choose right there WNFC, or you can go directly to the hub at facebook.com forward slash spread beauties and get the lowdown right there and the links as well, or go to wnfcfootball.com. All right, let's jump to the WFA, Mark. Uh, huge, crazy week four. Let's start in Adam Barrett's country in Nevada. And I was told Wiggins did not play. So that's a, that's a big factor. You know, your uh, it definitely your is. MVP um, play, a big factor. But Sammy Grisafi did start, from what I'm told. But uh, Coach Barrett said, hey, we're, in, we're going in getting, to, to get the win. They played them tough, 12-6 to six in 2019. You said it last week. This was, this was going to be a pretty good matchup, and this is what it turned out. It was a pretty good matchup for a couple quarters, and then uh, Nevada sort of took over, and then the last couple, third and fourth quarter, they kind of just added up a couple scores, and there you go. Yeah, you know, very impressive defensive performance by Nevada. You know, Cali didn't score any points, zero points. When was the last time that even happened? I can't remember. Um, maybe never. We'd have, to ask, um, we'd have to ask Burmy to research that. <laughs> I'm sure I could suss it out. I don't think that's ever happened. Um, even, you know, going back to – you'd probably have to go back to the California Lynx days to, like, find yeah. a scoreless game for California here. Um, but, uh, yeah, and as the game wore on, I, I, think, uh, I think we saw, you know, Nevada take over a bit more. I think – I don't know what the elevation there is there in Reno. It's it's a bit higher, I think, than uh, Southern California. So I, I think that might have been a factor as the game wore on. Um, you know, Nevada looked more crisp toward the end of the game, and uh, Cali was, was looking pretty pretty tired. Um, of course, the score at the time might have had something to do with it, too. They were down by three touchdowns. Um, in the fourth quarter. Um, but, hey, what can I say? This was an impressive win. Um, sure, Cali did not have uh, uh, Chantel Nino Wiggins, who's a very good quarterback, by the way. Um, I, I know Sammy Grisafi coming in that's, uh, makes a pretty big splash. Uh, she's a legendary quarterback, formerly of the Chicago Force. But I think, you know, if uh, Chantel had played for a Chicago Force or a Pittsburgh Passion, uh, she would be considered to be on the same level as as a Sammy Grisafi, um, you know, or an Allison Cahill. Um, so the but, West, Coast, West Coast bias, <laughs> even in women's tackle football, just like in college, right. pretty much. <laughs> but as it were, you know, uh, you know, I, I think they definitely were missing uh, Wiggins, uh, uh, but they did yeah. have a chance to, I think, turn over the uh, an entire game to Grisafi which if she's going to be useful to the Cali War, 
throughout the season, I think she needed that game, even if she lost that game. So um, I'm sure that the Cali War got some benefit from playing that game, even though they lost. No, they, I think they, they played well. Uh, both teams played pretty well for the first two quarters. Then it sort of uh, got away in that sense, like to your point. And then eventually, you know, they just, this, it is what it is. They just couldn't overcome. And so there you are, 20 to 0. Uh, you can watch it right there at cstvnow.com is the replay. Um, and thanks to them for showcasing that for us. That was awesome. That was the, the game that we were anticipating. Hopefully we'd watch it live, and we did. So thanks to cstv.now.com for showcasing the Nevada Storm against the Cali War. So it was really cool. Um, your Boston Renegades, uh, what can we say? Tally it up, tally it up, tally it up. Literally what's going to happen now. Yeah, yeah, took care of business against Baltimore. Um, and um, for for those who are unable to uh, who are unable to watch it or to be at the stadium, as it were, um, uh, Boston Boston's rookies are playing a very very big part um, of the team on the field. So, uh, and their second and third year players also get you know getting carries. Um, being part of the offense and the defense. So uh, the Renegades are training their next generation of um, of heartbreakers. <laughs> so watch out. That's all i got to say. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's just automatic. You know, it's like the, it's like the elite and the, and the Falcons, basically, right? You're going into it anticipating. Uh, I don't think there's a real challenger here except for the Divas, and it depends on who they put at quarterback for the Divas. Within the, within the next matchup. But other than that, I really think uh, Boston, in the next week or two, it will they will punch their ticket to Canton, period. It's looking that way. Uh, you know, um, the Divas have a lot to figure out now. Um, basically, you know, their two best players are out for the season. Um, and uh, so they're going to have to make a lot of personnel changes. Uh, they might have to change their – the way they run their their offense, uh, you know, I don't want to I want to speculate, you know, what the coaching staff is going to do, but um, it's pretty clear to me that, you know, they're they're not going to be particularly competitive uh, this year, going forward, um, not competitive with Boston at any rate. I, I think they can still. Yeah, I don't. Could still uh, win some games if they have if they have any left on the schedule. Unfortunately, they lost yeah. some games off their schedule, so I'm not sure who else they play. Um, but um, right now, it's you know in the East, there's still Tampa Bay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Inferno are, are out there, and um, so it looks like Boston will probably be facing uh, Tampa Bay for the conference championship. Uh, but I don't really, don't, I really don't know what the uh, the playoff. Uh, bracket looks like I'm only kind of making assumptions, but um, and yeah, also, and we're going to start yeah. to dive into that in the next couple of weeks. It's really going to figure out because the D1 is so disparate. You know, everywhere's you got two teams in the East, and then you got everybody else out out in Florida. And you got somebody on out west. It's like, how is that going to work out? You know, are they going to do regionally at this point, like you said, Tampa Bay, or and or you know, you're going to do Boston, Tampa Bay, and then you're going to do Cali War and 
Arlington as an example, as they did with the, in 2019. So it's going to be a, a really interesting to see how, as we get down the stretch run, as to how that's going to you know work itself out. Um, for the fans, if you didn't watch it, Houston Energy, I said last week, Dallas, I'm sorry, but I, like I said last week, Houston just too offensively, just just a just yeah, just offensively they're just so good, and they proved it. They proved it, fifty-two to six. There's just no question there. Yeah, you definitely called it, and uh, yeah, there's not much more to say about it. Um, it was a pretty uh, thorough defeat of the Dallas Mustangs. And I, like I, I mentioned last week, Houston has been playing higher caliber competition, and I think that's a big difference. And Dallas has not played higher caliber competition. Even though they're in D1, um, Dallas really, at this point, I'm looking at Dallas 2000, you know, 2020, 2022 uh, to be scaled down to D2 because I don't really think they're at that level of D1. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh... Because <laughs> they're so, you know, it's hard to lose a team in D1, you know what I mean? Just because uh, that vision is so small. Um, the le- the le- you're right, the level of play isn't, isn't up, you know, up where it should be. Um, and it does, as far as level of play goes, it seems like D2 would be more suitable right now for the, for the Mustangs. Um, I think they Houston need... deserves one if they get to the next couple of weeks and they really solidify themselves. I think they they could you know they could put themselves in that conversation. It would be nice to have um, an Arlington Houston D one matchup. That would be interesting for the for the, maybe twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think that would be good. I mean, we, we saw earlier in the year um, Arlington and Houston. Um, you know, Arlington won a one-point game against the Energy. Uh, so the Energy are right there with, with the impact uh, just based on that score. And if if Houston has the has the roster size, uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, Division One um, would be a good home for them next year. All right, we talked to uh, Thelma right here uh, last hour, and her Derby City is just uh, twenty to zero. They're looking for Canton, and I, I really think that, like she said, playing a little bit more of a tougher schedule is always in there. That's what they want. So I think they proved that. And uh, I don't know about you, Mark, but I really think they, they have potential to, to arrive in Canton. I mean, they're number one in Massey. They keep it up. Right. Yep, yep. Um, they're at the top of the heap. Um, and, you know, they basically just beat their next closest rival in the East, um, the Music City Misfits. Uh, and um, you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a lopsided game. It was a twenty to it was a twenty to nothing. Um, but that's their next closest uh, uh, competitor. Um, surprisingly, in uh, the East, the New York Knockout is the uh, sort of the number three team in the East. And they've been kicking yeah, around for a while. Yeah, we posted them on. Uh... We posted them on our Facebook page. Give them a shout out for a really good start for them. Uh, so yeah, they're at, great. at the hub. Yeah, no doubt. So um, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that Northeast region. If it's going to be the Knockout or the Capital City Savages, 
but for right now, we know for sure that uh, Derby City has the uh, upper hand in the southeast region with their win over Music City. All right, let's talk about uh, Mile High. We haven't talked about Mile High, but same concept here, 21-0. They take uh, Smooth Lori Jones and company take care of Rocky Mountain Thundercats. They're 2-0, heading for the thir- the 3-0 start. Um, I think they're they're pretty impressive this year after this whole you know time off. Uh, they're looking pretty good right now. They're looking pretty good. Um, it's uh, it, it's kind of tough for them that they're sort of in the same region as the Nevada Storm, but you're, both of those teams are out to strong starts. They're you know they're both undefeated so far, and uh, it, actually maybe it helps maybe it helps the Blaze a little bit. They can fly under the radar a little bit. Um, with uh, a lot of attention being focused on Nevada, and they can just kind of quietly do their thing. They're going to have a they're going to have a test uh, on uh, in their next game, which is on June 5th against the the uh, Oklahoma City Lady Force. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Not to not to get ahead, but um, yes, the Blazers are having a very good season so far, no doubt. All right, let's run down week five before we get out of here because we got about 15 minutes here. Uh, Derby, Cincinnati, uh, clash there. I'm assuming uh, Derby will take this one, but it, this is always a good rivalry, so uh, anticipation there is probably for D.C. to take it. But uh, I would not be surprised if the sizzle pulled one off. Yeah, you know, these, uh, I mean, what are they, like maybe 70, 80 miles away from each other? This is basically mm-hmm. a, a rivalry, right? Um, and in those kind of games, anything can happen. Uh, but uh, like you say, uh, DCD has the has the uh, the momentum here. Uh, they're looking strong. I don't expect them to drop this game to Cincinnati. All right, Carolina will take on Richmond. Richmond struggling. Carolina really looking pretty good so far early here. Uh, I believe my rankings. Where do I have rank? Then rank number tenth. In the D3 realm of things, two and one. So uh, anticipation there. Richmond really needs to get going here if they want to make you know a relevant uh, positioning in terms of the D3 aspect of it. They're so number ten versus number twelve this weekend. Uh, Jacks. We haven't talked about the Dixie Blues uh, against Orlando. Orlando uh, did, could not play last week. I guess it was canceled against the Inferno. So uh, you got a, an extra week here. Jacksonville really. Uh, took care of business this past weekend. So um, against Miami, 28 to eight. So uh, you know, under the radar, as you said about Mile High, here's under the radar Jacksonville. Yeah, they really have been. You know, they're 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 three and zero. They're undefeated. Um, they have beaten Carolina uh, earlier in the season. Uh, uh, I think it was just a one score game. Um, so. They've definitely they've definitely shown out uh, in all their games. Uh, they defeated the Wave Runners and now the Miami Fury as well. Um, so yeah, flying around under the radar a little bit. Um, I hope this game happens. You know, I, I'm assuming that Orlando has been unable to play these home games because of like municipal um, uh, regulations or uh, something like that. I, I'm pretty sure field availability is going to have some part in this. So I hope the game goes off. I, I would like to see this game. Um, and I'm leaning towards Jacksonville in this, mostly because 
you know, they've been playing games and they're they're ready to go. And Orlando's kind of been kind of stuck in neutral uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks. All right, we got uh, Arizona. We'll be taking on Sun, Sun City Stealth. Uh, Arizona also one of the teams to talk about in D3. Sun City on the lower end of things, one and two versus three and zero. Oh. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Nevada uh, will take on Kern County. So uh, if the if if Nevada can take care of Cali War, Crusaders really got to be up for this game. Uh, I you know Storm is really proving that they are just really good this year. So uh, Kern County, uh, study up film because you're going to need to really figure that out. Yeah, Kern County's only played one game so far, uh, which they won um, against the um, uh, Inland Empire Desert Eagles, I think they're called now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it's been a while since they played. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty big task to uh, take on the storm. But, um, you know, if they can, uh, you know, gauge their success um, – you know, in certain aspects of the game, um, then maybe they can walk away with a very positive experience. Right now, I mean, Kern County is still in the thick of things as far as the playoff race goes. I think they're, you know, they're, I think, third in their region uh, behind the Capital Pioneers and the Arizona Outcasts. Uh, so they, have, they would have some work to do, uh, but this is an opportunity to get some of that work done. Yeah, and uh, we haven't talked about Minnesota. Minnesota schedules more of against D3, not so much against D1. I think the only D1 matchup they're going to have is against Dallas. So um, I know that's their schedule and that's what it is. So uh, I'm, I'm anticipating Minnesota will be in that D1 uh, conversation once we get to the playoff state, considering what D.C. is going through right now and, uh, and, and all in Cali losing to Nevada in that example and Dallas not really that great. So – um, we're looking at D1 picture as Boston, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Arlington, as an example. Yeah. Um, as you said, uh, Minnesota will start taking on a D1 competition. They're going to face Arlington, and they're going to face Dallas uh, in their last two games of the season. And uh, that will – certainly if they win those games, that will positively affect their their Massey rating and, and – We'll see if it's enough to maybe gain home field advantage over the Cali War come playoff time. And I think that's going to be a key. Uh, the other team we're, uh, we've got to mention is Zydeco Spice taking on Gold Coast Monarchy. So uh, Spice really uh, also impressive this year. Uh, Gold Coast 1-2, and two, uh, Zydeco 3-0. and oh. That will be a good matchup there as well. Can uh, Gulf Coast go 2-2 two and two, and will Z- uh, Zydeco lose? this weekend. So pretty impressive slate for the WFA. A couple key games there, including the Sin Trojans looking for their first win against the Desert Eagles. Uh, Sin Trojans really uh, played pretty tough competition in the first couple weeks here. So uh, this is uh, going to be a great, to, I guess, I guess a victory in itself if they can get this win, uh, puts them back at one and three instead of zero oh and four. And hopefully it's not the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a good opportunity. This is a winnable game for them. I, you know, just despite the fact that um, they've been having a pretty rough season, I, I think we know that they're that they are a competitive uh, team. So 
I expect them to uh, uh, really be trying to get that win. All right. Uh, the other game is Arlington-Austin, another Texas duel, a D1 taking on Austin Outlaws. And so uh, that's going to be another game there. Uh, for the fans game, I, I didn't write it down, but let me look at my notes. I think the for the fans game is – is this the bye week for the fans game, if I'm correct? Yes, I think this yeah, is the bye week. We get Boston, Boston D.C., right, is when we get on the 5th. So that'll be, yeah, Boston D.C. on the 5th. Um, so you can get it on DirecTV 623, Files 597. Uh, you, you can go to Uverse 16, I believe, 1665. Uh, that's com, Or you can go to Twitter at FTF for the fans HQ. Next level sports there, um, so just going to be interesting. And then the last two games, as you mentioned, Mark uh, Arlington Cali War on the 12th, and then we have Dallas Minnesota on the 19th, and that rounds up the um, the, the schedule for for the fans um, WFA broadcast. Pretty interesting stretch there for the last three weeks. Well, I'll be watching. I know that it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, Let's talk about LNFA Feminina before we get out of here. The seven-on-seven playoffs, uh, it's going to be Barbera rookies. They will be taking on La Rosa Demons. That was the uh, – and you get the recaps right there from at the hub of the playoffs and the replays there in terms of on YouTube as well, so you can watch it. Seven-on-seven uh, action from Spain. Uh, Barbera, pretty much the Boston renegades of this uh, competition, taking on La Rosa, which more uh, most of the time in second place as well. So a clash of former um, teams that they've they meet each other once again for the Spanish championship. Uh, and uh, Barbera has owned the Spanish championship for a long time. So opportunity for La, La Rosa's demons, uh, Mark, to maybe uh, get an upset here or put themselves and and get a get a win for themselves and take care of Barbera and the dominance that they've been for so long. It sounds pretty familiar. It sounds like a, you know, Renegades uh, diva situation. And, you know, um, just historically, the teams flip in positions. One will be on top for a while, and the other one will be on top for a while. Um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, Good so luck if you guys uh, need, the, need the info, go to the hub, facebook.com, for slash Gridiron Beauties. Get the lowdown as soon as we get the uh, preview for the LNFA Feminina Final 7-on-7 seven seven and the links for the um, uh, broadcast, we will get you that information. So Barbera Rookies taking on La Rosa this Demons for the 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, championship. And that's going to come up, I believe, this next weekend, on the this past this coming weekend. So we'll get all the details for you, and, and that will happen. Also, we want to mention there was a uh, friendly bowl, AFE against Costa Rica, the Tropic Bowl X2, and that was courtesy of Yarda 506 over in Costa Rica. So if you want to watch the game there and the recap, you can go right there to the hub as well and get the lowdown right there. Um, so a lot of things happening in both leagues. This is an exciting uh, off weekend for the WNFC. The WFA is still playing a couple games this weekend. So, uh, Mark, it's, it's going to be like we're getting down to that stretch run, week five and week six. Really, for us, it's kind of exciting because we're going to start to talk about positioning, Massey ratings, especially in the WFA, and then rankings are going to matter a lot more now. 
Yes, I've been getting tuned into the rankings uh, over in the uh, WNFC, and I've been pouring over the Massey ratings uh, for the WFA. Uh, as always, there are questions and things that make you scratch your head. Um, and uh, But as the games get played, you know, we learn more and more. Uh, so it, it's definitely – it helps build up the excitement and the anticipation for the, for the playoffs. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. And then we should have IWFA action back after this Memorial weekend. So we'll dive into the last couple of weeks of the Icon Women's Football Association 8-on-8 eight eight action as well. All right, so thanks to uh, Manny Rosas for coming in here from the KC Glory, the, the QB. And then thank you to Thelma Bank, uh, the owner and uh, badass baller of the Derby City Dynamite. Uh, so it's going to have pretty awesome games. Derby City taking on uh, Cincinnati Sizzle, and the KC Glory uh, will be taking on the Houston Heat. So a uh, pretty, pretty good week of football coming up this weekend. And then Matty Rosas returns next week as they take on the Heat, a uh, must-win for them as well. Um, so, Mark, I, I'm pretty exciting. I hope you've had a good time uh, being on the, on the podcast week to week because we really have, have enjoyed it, and we have a lot of good feedback uh, on your on your insights. So appreciate you coming on. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that. I have been having a really good time. i uh, very excited about the return of women's football and um, looking forward to doing it again. All right, Mark, uh, next week, Pretty awesome. So we'll be here for 305 or 375. What am I saying? 305. 375 uh, on the Blitz. And thanks again to uh, Eric Brown for our new intro. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Former co-host of the Gridiron Blitz. Awesome intro there. And I really appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for uh, hooking us up. So we'll be here for 375 as we dive into week five in the WFA. And then we're going to be waiting on next week as we preview another uh, week five in the WNFC. If you miss any of the games, you can go back and replay all the games at watchvire.com, uh, watchvire, uh, watchvire.com, and go to Vire Sports, as well as wnfcfootball.com. You can go to the wfapro.football.com site, and you get all the games there of the for the fans, plus all the results as well. Uh, so pretty awesome. If you miss anything that we just mentioned, go to the Twitter at Gridiron Beauty or go to Facebook at Great Iron Beauties. All right, so, Mark, uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to next week as we're diving in closer to the playoffs in both leagues. It's going to be pretty awesome. All right, me too. I'm excited. We'll see you. Have a great night. All right, guys, that's it for us. Uh, We're going to be diving in. So for the absent Holly Custis, absent Nate Ward, uh, absent Mackenzie Brooks, and for uh, Mark Simone here, Oscar Lopez here, we'll catch you here for 375. So have a great night, everybody. is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Sight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.